Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the things or concepts we see in the Holy Scriptures is admonishment. Now, to admonish someone is to warn them, but there's also a sense of rebuke in that warning. Now, in the epistles, we really see this, especially think of like Ephesians, Galatians, and Romans. And these things are included in admonishment, but there's also something which follows it, too, instruction. Those two things will often go together. So God will warn his people, and he will teach them, not only in a way of warning, but the why the opposite is the case. So think of it this way. As a parent, you admonish your kid at times, or at least you should. An example of this is seen as something like, don't play in the street, you will get hit by a car. Yet there's often a follow-up, play in the backyard instead. That warning and instruction. Now that's a very basic, simple example, but you get the picture of how this works. Parents, grandparents, or whoever, you do this because you care about the person. You don't want your kid to play out in the street and get hurt. But rather, you want them to have a life where they can live freely. Now, all three readings today, and especially the epistle from reading, reading from Romans 8 and the gospel reading from Romans 7, do this very well. And they lay before you an admonition from God, and he teaches you what is the alternative. And then there's a confidence and a new life, however, that comes back to who God has made you to be and set you free to live as his people. And this is for Christians, for God's people. And it's what he says to you. So listen again to these words of God as he inspired St. Paul to write. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we might also be glorified with him. So God is showing you today that the Christian life is very important. God's clear in these words. It's either or. It's either the flesh or the spirit. It's either death or life. Yet in our sinful hearts and minds, though, which hang around our necks, we like to rationalize and think the things of the flesh are not that dangerous, that they're not that deadly. But God doesn't see it that way, does he? God knows the danger. He knows and tells you where these things will lead. But you see, so does the devil. The devil, though, is a liar, and he likes to get you to think things are okay, rationalize them in your minds. And one of the trickiest ways that he does this is not to show up in your face and say, hey, I'm the devil, follow me. But he disguises himself as a wolf in sheep's clothing. That is, one who goes by the name of Christian, or Christian preachers, yet are inwardly ravenous wolves. And that which is what Jesus and Jeremiah are warning about in the Gospel and in Old Testament readings. Because, you see, wolves in sheep's clothing 
and false prophets don't admonish, or at least they don't admonish about the things of God. Well, what is it they say then? Well, listen again to the words of the Old Testament reading where God warned his people and warns you about false prophets. Jeremiah writes, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds and not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, It shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, No disaster shall come upon you. Did you catch that? So here were the prophets in Jeremiah's day. They had true prophets, like Jeremiah, and false prophets. Jeremiah was telling them about destruction, about turning from their sin. And these false prophets were saying, it's okay if you despise the word of God. It will be all right for you. Or they were stubbornly following their own hearts that no disaster will come upon them. That was his day. But is that any different than now? Couldn't that be a description of 2021? Jesus says this too in the gospel reading about wolves when he said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. This Sunday of the church year and that reading, how that ends is one of the most terrifying things in the scriptures to hear. And it should jar every single one of us, preacher and hearers alike. Knock us back a bit. Cause us to take a long heart and look at our lives. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So if God didn't care about you, If God were your buddy, God wouldn't care if you remain in your sin. If God wouldn't care if you despise his word and if you die. He really wouldn't if he didn't care. If God didn't care one iota if you live with him forever in paradise or spend eternity suffering in hell, he would just preach you a message of what you want to hear, whatever's popular at the time, whatever sounds catchy. And you know what? You can find that message very easily. You don't have to put it in any effort to find it. It will even pop up on your newsfeed on Facebook or wherever the case may be. You can find that message. And you can go about life thinking, this is the way I think things should be in my life. Or I know, I think I know what God says. Or you can listen to your own heart. Believe in yourself as you can buy in a store and have that postered on your whatever. And try to rationalize things like, well, I'm not despising God's word. This is my vocation to serve. So I'm not able to attend church. I'm not really committing adultery. I just don't have that spark with my spouse anymore. And this other person, that's true love. I'm not holding a grudge. I'm not refusing to forgive my neighbor. I'm just passionate about judgment. I'm not coveting my neighbor's possessions. What they have is just really nice, and I'm appreciating those things. All of those things we go about still trying to call God Lord. And we say, well, I still believe in Jesus. But that's not a life of the Spirit, dear people of God. So God calls us to humble ourselves under the word of God and listen to what he says, even if we don't want to hear it. But that's not the life of living by the Spirit. 
St. Paul was warning the people that if you continue in the desires of the flesh, that is, living a life sinning against God's commandments, which teach you that your body, your life has been redeemed by God, and you are no longer a slave to the passions of this world, which destroy in the order that God has established, you will die. Not might, not possibly, not probably, but will. And he's writing this not to unbelievers, but to Christians who have been baptized. So God admonishes you today. Look at yourself. Look at your life. And take this seriously because it doesn't get any more serious. One of the reasons the church is in the state it is today is because we've neglected to take this all seriously. We've exchanged the word of God for the words of men, cowered down to the pressure of the world, which tells the flesh to indulge, tells hearts to be stubborn and to continue in their own passions. Movies, TV, news, so many other forms of media tell you to follow your own heart or find your identity in your sin. But you know what? The irony in all this talk and trying to put forth this style of life and thinking as being freeing, it really just compounds suffering. It compounds slavery, not just for yourself, but the ones that you love. It destroys faith. It destroys people. It destroys relationships. The life which is lived by the flesh is a life of misery with no real freedom, no real hope, no real redemption. And God says about the unbelievers, they walk in the fertility of their minds and they have no hope. Each day is lived according to, that is lived according to the flesh is lived for itself. And the thing about the pursuit of pleasure for its own sake, it will always be like a hamster on a wheel that keeps running and running and never gets anywhere, always searching and searching. It's like the, uh, the myth of Sisyphus. Have you ever heard of Sisyphus? Who thought he could cheat death in Greek mythology. Homer, who writes this in the Odyssey, where, you know, the Olympics are going on, and you hear about, right, the Olympics and all those things, but the Odyssey, when Odysseus goes down to Hades, that is to, kind of, in a sense, hell, Homer writes this, what Odysseus saw. He said, Then I witnessed the torture of Sisyphus. As he wrestled with a huge rock with both hands, bracing himself and thrusting with hands and feet, he pushed the boulder up hill to the top. But every time as he was about descending, toppling over the crest, its sheer weight would turn it back, and once again toward the plain, the, pit the pitiless rock rolled down. So once more he had to wrestle with the thing and push it up, while the sweat poured from his limbs and the dust rose high above his head. So that image, you've probably seen it then. This man pushing a rock up a hill, only to have it roll down. Push it up, roll down. Push it up, roll down. It's a living hell. That's the life contrary to God. A life of slavery. So be warned, dear people of God, and warn others. Warn your loved ones. Seek to restore them back to the fold. Admonish as God admonishes us with these words. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Repent. So where does that leave us then? Are we left scratching our heads and in despair? Well, we've been looking at what God says about our lives. Now look to what God says he does. So what does God say he has done for you? What does God say he has made you to be? 
For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption of sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him, in order that we also may be glorified with him. So when we look at ourselves, we see this sin. We see this falling short of God. We see that we do have in thought, word, and deed what we've done and undone, and that the devil, the world, and our own fallen flesh all are seeking to go against what God has said. But you see, when you look to Christ, you see what he's done for you. And you see that you've been set free. And you call out in this state, in this life, amidst suffering, Abba, Father, which is not some Swedish pop band from the 70s that dresses weird, but you call God your dad, your daddy. It's a term of endearment that only a child can call his father. Because you're God's child. And you're forgiven. And you've been set free to live in the Spirit, who also prays for you who bears witness to you that you are God's beloved children, who keeps preaching that to you as you go through this life. You're God's child. You're God's child. So how does the Spirit do this? He's baptized you. He's washed you away your sin. You receive the Holy Spirit. The Lord gives you his scriptures which speak to you and give you what you have in Christ. Those first, the antiphon of the intro today, I mentioned about the intro. That's what we are here. We're in the Lord's temple now. We're meditating on his word. You feast upon the body and blood of the one who took your place, suffering the wages of your sinful flesh, which knows where those things lead to, and said, I'm going to take that punishment. I'm going to bear that so that you have eternal life. Even as he gave up his own spirit. And now, he says, you stand righteous before the holy throne of God. So you are in the spirit. And God gives you a new heart, a new life. You're God's own son, his own dear child. This is a life then of freedom, to live in this world as one who knows there is more than just today. It's a life that hears God's word and knows that this is what is truly good for you and good for others, and it's a life of love. It's a life that knows you have everything given by your gracious Father who still takes care of you in times of joy and times of suffering, producing in you an endurance that lives each day in view of the eternal day to come. I heard a pastor recently say, you don't know the future, but you know the end. And what a thing that is, dear people of God, to be God's children. It's amazing and wonderful because you see that Christ is crucified for you and he is risen from the dead. And he lives and reigns all glorious and you will share in that glory one day. Not if, but will happen. You see God as he has washed you clean and made you his son. So don't fall back into fear and slavery, dear people of God. Cast your cares and your burdens on the Lord. and He will sustain you. Repent of your sin and crucify those desires and things which bring about death. Cling to those words of the gradual and know what you have in Christ. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. And you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Live by his spirit with his word as a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. And if you are ridiculed for this, so be it. They mock Jesus too. If you're despised by the world, so be it. The world's prince is the devil. But you know what? The devil's been defeated. 
And Jesus, whom they mocked, ridiculed, and killed when he admonished them and called them to follow him and have eternal life, he rose from the dead, and he's still living. That's a real life, which has hope, which has meaning, because the Lord has redeemed and he is faithful. So look to the one who has called you his own, who has given you his spirit and made you his children, the one whom you call Father. And as his children, you are fellow heirs of Christ, heirs of life and a glory beyond compare, now and forever. Amen.